This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. This week, we're going to talk NFL Week 4 and much, much more, so stay tuned. Sorry for missing out on week three. Um, today we're going to be talking about week four, and um, I have—I don't think I missed too much last week. There was a bunch of scheduling conflicts that I couldn't do it, um, but I'm here today, and I'm here to get it done. I'm here to talk about week four. Um, so the only thing I'm, the only things I kind of missed in week three is that um, every quarterback in the first round of the of this year's draft. Um, other than Lamar Jackson is officially starting. Yes, Baker Mayfield is starting for the Browns. Um, got them their first win over the Jets last week. That's the game. If anything, that was the game I would have wanted to cover the most. Um, but that's pretty much the whole uh, deal that happened during that game. So uh, also, uh, Josh Rosen is starting. Um, he's going over Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford dropped to the third string quarterback and he's now losing like hundreds of thousands of dollars in incentives because they expected him to kind of be that good bridge quarterback if he worked they probably would have held on to josh rosen a little longer but unfortunately not um lamar jackson um he's actually getting pretty involved over there in baltimore um I like the way they're coaching. I like the way they're incorporating him into the offense. If they need like short plays, they're kind of going to use him to get the first downs. I saw that a lot during uh, the games during week four, and I think I missed that a couple times during the last couple weeks because I did see him get in a few, a few plays, but um, week four in particular, he was in there a lot. Um, and that same same story. Um, you got Josh Allen and uh, Sam Darnold starting. Um, they've been starting since the very beginning. Um, so yeah, a lot of these. I, I can't wait to watch these guys in the future. I think they're going to be. That's definitely a really good quarterback class to watch out for, especially Baker Mayfield. A lot of people didn't want him to go number one. People thought Darnold was going to go number one, um, but with him, I believe uh, Jets have a pretty talented offense that I think is capable of winning with Josh Dar- with uh, Sam Darnold. Um, but Baker Mayfield, he just has a gun of an arm and is just killing it. And um, since we didn't watch Patrick Mahomes last year. Um, I definitely do consider him somewhat of a rookie just because I haven't seen anything from him, but it is the second year. Um, he was learning from Alex Smith. Um, he has a better arm than Alex Smith. This dude is just balling out. Uh, he's definitely the quarterback that um, everyone's been waiting to see, especially in Kansas City and under the Andy Reid offense. Um, he's definitely going to thrive over there, and he's going to continue to do that. And my prediction um, is that he's going to be the offensive player of the year. Um, I really think he's going to earn it. If he keeps on this pace, I know the um, – uh, the Chiefs kind of fall off like mid-season, towards the end of the season, kind of. We saw kind of last year how they started off really hot, especially with Alex Smith. He was early MVP talks, and then uh, Kareem Hunt kind of fell off later on. Um, he he kind of had like a really good year, and he led the league in rushing yards, but he kind of, like, like by a landslide. And then like mid-season, he kind of just slowed down a bit. They didn't use him as much, I know, because he was on my fantasy team, and it kind of sucked, but uh, he kind of came back towards the end of the year. Anyway, let's get into week four here. Uh, speaking of Baker Mayfield, uh, this is a good segue into the Rams, uh, Rams, can you believe that? <laughs> uh, Browns, Raiders, um, very close game. I, I was really, really sure that the Browns were going to have this in the bag, um, but they did not. The final score was 45-42. Raiders take their first win. I was very confident that the Browns were going to win two in a row here. Um, next thing you know, I put my phone down and Raiders won. And um, I really wish they didn't because uh, Baker Mayfield had a decent game. But um, again, he's a rookie, so th- what, what he did was pretty solid either way he um he threw 41 times on 21 completions definitely 
you know, that's that's not the best stat, but the way he performed um, with the weapons he had, uh, it's it's definitely a rookie sounding type game. Like, or or if it's like um like a veteran that's not as great, but uh, him starting off as a rookie with these stats is pretty good. Two hundred ninety five yards through the airs, through the air, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, and the two interceptions were unfortunate. Um, but again, they put forty two points forty two points on the board, so uh, you got to give him credit for that. Um, let's take a look here. Uh, we got Nick Chubb, and you. Got, I, I cannot believe this stat line when I first read it. Three carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. That's kind of like that Randy Moss stat when he had like three receptions on three touchdowns. That's insane. And um, Carlos Hyde is continuing to put up points, and he had more of the work um, like he is every single week. 22 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's definitely, I be, in fantasy, like a, uh, a running back one. Uh, I, I don't consider him a running back two in any way, shape, or form. Um, again, Hugh Jackson likes to use the guys they know, and then eventually when Carlos Hyde is ever out of the picture, I don't think he will, um, but um, Nick Chubb is going to be that guy, and I hope they definitely unleash him soon because he's got a lot of talent. And you got Duke Johnson. Not, not Duke Johnson, not much going on there. I think he's slowly, like, falling out of the running game, and he's not even used more than running game. He's more used in the passing game, but he only ran for two carries and 11 yards. So not much to see there. But, again, that stat is insane. Three carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. He touched the ball three times, two out of the three. He scored a touchdown. That's insane. So de- definitely a really cool stat when I first saw that. Uh, let's take a look at the receiving here. Uh, he definitely spread the ball out a lot. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, again, I, I've said on this podcast many times, uh, especially in the past two weeks and not week three, obviously, cause I didn't upload, but, um, I, I like a quarterback who can spread out the ball. Um, ba- back in the day, um, nobody liked when the quarterback spread the ball, you give it to their, to your best guy, you make sure he's open. You do, you make the most remarkable plays you can. Um, you make sure you're on like on the same page as the other guy and you guys kind of ball out together. But in this case, like quarterbacks nowadays, like you got guys like, like I mentioned before, Patrick Mahomes, and then and now Baker Mayfield spreading the ball out a lot. That's how you win games. Because when you're watching film, you're kind of taking a look at the best guys. And in, in the in the NFL, they want to shut down your best guy, regardless. And um, in the NFL, and what's really changing the game is um, these guys are getting the way they're for, formatting their offenses. Like the Rams, for example, is cha- are changing the game because they have all these weapons that they're using. And they're, and they're getting it to every single guy. So you really, like, you have to game plan for that, and it's really hard to do so. So, um, like I mentioned before, uh, oh, what I was going to say was Falcons too. And eventually, it's, their offense is going to be so innovative. Like, I know it's kind of starting slow right now. I think they're 1-3 after this week. But um, uh, so the Falcons now have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, after week one, not getting – I think he got, like, two targets, no catches. Um and then now he scored six touchdowns in like three quarters or, or no, he scored like six touchdowns this past like two games or something. I forgot the stat, but it, it's insane. Cause, um, again, you're shutting down your best guy in Julio. And then you got Calvin Ridley on the other side. Um, and they got most new running in there, getting into the mix a little bit. And he's kind of exiting that number two wide receiver, uh, type guy that he was last year, but Calvin Ridley is, t- is killing it. Um, so anyway, let's go over there receiving here. I don't want to waste too much time on this game because um, it was very close. And again, I'm very upset that the Raiders took the win here. I, I don't think they're a good team, and I don't think they should have gotten this win at all. But anyway, uh, Rashard Higgins, Rashard Higgins, uh, four receptions, 61 yards. Um, again, he didn't get as much as he much work as there was before. Um, but again, Baker Mayfield spreading that ball, and uh, Antonio Callaway, who Baker Mayfield has had a good relationship with over um, the preseason. Um, especially that one game where Antonio Callaway had, was punished for, um, for so whatever he got in trouble for, I think it's for weed in his car. But uh, 
he uh, he eventually played the f- uh, full game and he ended up scoring there uh, in the preseason like he didn't get out of the game once. And so there, there was definitely a lot of connections there, especially when they're running with the twos. Um, when Tyrod Taylor was supposed to, you know, play the whole year and Baker was supposed to kind of be the backup guy. Um, definitely a good connection there. Three receptions, 54 yards. Expect much, much more from him. Uh, Baker Merrifield and David and Njoku uh, definitely have that connection there also. I know he had Kajust over the preseason, um, but Njoku is definitely a more of a reliable target, especially coming off the line. Um, rookie quarterbacks and tight ends um, are best friends. And, uh, you know, that, that's a quarterback's best friend. Um, but when in doubt, throw that our quarterback, dump it off. So five receptions, 52 yards, um, and then... Uh, Add a touchdown to his game, which he didn't score this game, but if he did, it's a pretty good fantasy outlook for him. So um, if he's on any of your teams, definitely uh, stash him up until um, you get a good matchup going because I know Baker Mayfield's going to have some more wins this year. Uh, Darren Fells getting involved too, but he only had that one reception for 49 yards, and that ended up being a touchdown. That was Baker's first touchdown throw. Uh, Duke Johnson, again, um, not much running, not much in the running game going, but he did get involved in the passing game. Four receptions, 45 yards. Uh, Jarvis Landry scored a touchdown, four receptions, 34 yards. He kind of floated it into the uh, back corner of the end zone. Uh, nice footwork by uh, Landry there. And uh, that's pretty much it going on in the receiving, the receiving game here. Um, uh, so we'll take a look here at the Raiders stat line. All right, so we got uh, Derek Carr here throwing nearly 60 times in this game. Um, 35 completions, 437 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Not a bad game by Derek Carr at all. Um, again, towards towards uh, the end of the game, they kind of had to play catch up a little bit. And so they definitely had to throw a lot more. So I, I definitely think um, his, uh, his late throws were definitely in, not in garbage time, I would say, because they weren't losing, but uh, they definitely needed to – get points up on the board. You got Marshawn Lynch, 20 carries, 130 yards, more of a Marshawn Lynch type game. A lot of people like to see, uh, only thing that's missing is a touchdown, which he did not get this game, but, um, that's the type of, uh, running back work. I was, I was hoping the Raiders would do when they got Marshawn Lynch. They haven't done much of that. He's more like a 10 carry 50 yard t- type running game, but, um, he, he's a weapon you got to use. He's just that dominant. And then you got Doug Martin getting involved a little bit. Five five carries, 11 yards. And I, I think it's going to switch every now and then, but definitely Marshawn's are number one. Hopefully they keep using him because, uh, I, I don't think Doug Martin is going to change their running game at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we'll take a look at their receiving game here. Mari Cooper, eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. This dude is just on and off constantly. Um, he definitely has a lot of drop balls this year. He's kind of getting better at it, but, um, again, uh, if you're looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, you drafted him like later in the draft, and you're kind of just like he's kind of the best wide receiver talent available at the moment. Um, you're definitely hoping that he would have done better this year. And then again, there's two games where one he had like ten receptions, the other one he had eight. So I feel like in tight situations, um, he's definitely looking for Amari Cooper. But um, it could switch back and forth because I'll lead into their tight end game here. Jared Cook, eight receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Again, he's kind of on and off here too. So if you're going to put any Raiders uh, players on your offense, I definitely think Jared Cook is going to be that guy. Um, so um, they got Martavis Bryant, um, who recently signed with them not too long ago. I think he got cut, and then they brought him back. But uh, three receptions, 51 yards. Jordy Nelson, five receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. i like to see him get involved. Hopefully he can put more yards up on the board because uh, I know he's capable of that. But if they can use Amari Cooper in the right format and get Jordy Nelson the ball too in the end zone, then uh, that's the reason why they got this win. Um not much else going on there. My key takeaway from this game is that uh, the Browns defense just got to hold it down a little longer. They definitely have the talent there. Denzel Ward, Jabril Peppers, uh, you got Miles Garrett there on the line. 
Um, a lot of things, a lot of things going on there. Where you know, a lot of talent, actually, like and especially in recent years, before the Miles Garrett era, um, I would say that they didn't have much of the best players there. They kind of had a good run stuff, but um, they got to hold it down. Uh, Forty-two points on the board, you got to come out with the win. Um, you got a lot of teams in the NFL struggling to put that many points on the board, and coming from a team that was 0-16, um, you got to come out with that victory, especially with a struggling Raiders defense and a struggling. Um, you, you know, John Gruden trying to get the offense going, and he, he keeps saying he doesn't have pass rush as he got rid of Khalil Mack. So, um, again, that team's struggling. Browns, more I, I believe they have it more together than the Raiders, so I, I definitely wish they came out with that win there. Move on to the next game. I won't waste, won't waste too too much time on this game uh, because nothing was really interesting during this game. I feel like in the Seahawks-Cardinals games each and every year, it's always – semi low scoring it wasn't that low scoring this year but um and again not too much yardage or anything going on no players stand out but i'm gonna get into the seahawks offense in a second because they're something really interesting but um i'm gonna say the final score first it was uh 20 to 17 uh, seattle took the victory on a, a game-winning field goal at the end of the game russell wilson i can't i can't i can't talk about this guy enough that He's way too talented to be behind that line, man. Uh, it's so unfortunate that they're just not protecting the guy that won you the Super Bowl and possibly could have ran one two if you guys ran the ball in the one yard line against the Patriots. And it's just sad. This guy is having trouble even escaping the pocket. Um, last year, he kind of did a better job of it because he stood out because he runs a lot and he can make plays. But this year, he's not getting out of the pocket as well as he used to. He can't gain the yards that he wants. And you're asking a guy to to juggle around each and every week um, watching film and you're knowing that the guys are going up each week especially this week coming up the Rams he can't escape like at all there's there's not there's no there's no pass protection whatsoever this guy I'm going to look at his stats real quick he had 19 completions on 26 attempts um, it's better than I would have thought he had 172 yards no touchdowns no interceptions very quiet game by him. So uh, if you guys have him in fantasy, I know I do. I'm trying to. I'm looking for other quarterbacks to uh, start for me um, until Russell Wilson kind of builds back up to where he was last year. Again, every single year he kind of has slow starts, um, but I feel like this year it's kind of going to be consistent. Um, I definitely have a feeling about that. So um, running. Uh, let's talk about the running game. It's it's very confusing there too. This t- this team sh- like frustrates me on offense because I know Pete Carroll can can get the job done, but I, I don't understand his his mindset behind um, what's going to work and what's not going to work in these games. Um, you got Mike Davis, 21 y- twenty-one carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. I don't think anyone was expecting him to do any of the work. Chris Carson was questionable coming into the game and didn't end up playing. So I, was, I assure everyone that I, I ensure that everyone um, was streaming probably Rashad Penny. I don't know if people drafted him as much as uh, – I think they did. I don't know if he was in the waivers, um, but I'm sure he was picked up by a lot of people, and he only had nine carries, 49 yards. So uh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if Rashad Penny is just not good at all or they don't have any trust in him. But anyway, I said this last time. It, it was not a good pick whatsoever. I, I don't think they should have used that at all. They needed an offensive lineman, something to change the game. They lost a lot of people on defense, so if they picked a defensive player, I wouldn't even see that as a bad pick. But Rashad Penny is definitely a second-round talent at most. He did, this guy is definitely talented, but if you're not going to use him and put Mike Davis in there, I'm sure Pete Carroll is more familiar with Mike Davis, but you put you have to put a lot of trust in that rook, in your rookie running back that you drafted in the first round. So um, I don't know if he just – I'm not too sure. Again, it's very tough to you know know who's going to be the star of each 
game week in and week out on the Seahawks. So we'll take a look at their receiving game here. Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 53 yards. He's always going to put in that type of work, maybe touch the end zone a little bit sometimes. you got Doug Baldwin coming back off that MCL sprain, five receptions, 41 yards, um, no touchdowns. So they got to get him more involved. But, again, he can't, he, there's no pass passing uh, – Pass protection, so um, you can't really get it to any of these guys, but those guys are going to put the majority of the work in. Um, you got uh, Mike Davis getting it, and even he got involved in the passing game. Um, Rashad Penny wasn't even existed in that sense, so four receptions, 23 yards, um, and then Brandon Marshall's not getting too much involved in there. I was hoping he'd be more of a red zone target for the Seahawks. Uh, Will Disley, um, he had a good couple of weeks coming in, uh, but one reception, five yards. Um, but we'll take a look at the Cardinals here. Won't waste too much time on these guys. It, it didn't look too great. Uh, you got Josh Rosen. Like Rosen, as I mentioned before, he's starting uh, 15 completions, 27 attempts, 180 yards, and a touchdown. Um, we'll take a look at David Johnson here. Um, I believe it's going to be that's kind of their safe play there is to have uh, David Johnson get more of the work, especially in the passing game. This this guy is built as a running back, but he he's definitely a white. He could run wide receiver routes and running back routes um, to get the ball out there. So if Josh Rosen is going to perform the way we think he is, because the team is just bad in general, they're 0-4, so uh, you got to get it to David Johnson. And this they kind of did this here, so hopefully they can get it to him a lot more. Uh, 22 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Um, definitely good on his part. Um, he's the most talented guy on the team, so um, good. I'm glad they're using him a lot more and they're not feeding into Josh Rosen too much just yet. I know the guy's talented, but um, you can't feed him to the Wolves just yet. Like I, the, the rookie quarterbacks that are now starting, uh, again, like I mentioned, Josh Allen, um, Baker Mayfield now, Sam Darnold, these guys – are in the position to be fed immediately out. So, uh, it's kind of question. What I mean by that is uh, um, the, the the way their situation is on their respective teams, I think they're ready enough to be thrown out there because uh, it's just the way their team is played out as an offense that they're allowed to do that. So Sam Darnold coming into week one, he was definitely in the position where he could do that. He had Josh McCown helping him out. He's talented. Uh, I mean, Sam Darnold's, talented himself so by all means unleash it and then you got Baker Mayfield has a cannon of an arm so you got to use him a lot more and they need wins over there in Cleveland and lastly um again uh Josh Rosen isn't in that position so um you got to trust your running backs here um Ricky Seals Jones uh two receptions 52 yards um I I really think he's gonna get more involved again uh rookie quarterbacks and tight ends um, they're best friends with each other because, uh, again, he's they're all reliable. So David Johnson getting involved in the passing game. Three receptions, 41 yards. Hopefully they can get it to him more. I think he could be a big game changer in the passing game. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, three receptions, 28 yards. Uh, quiet game for him. He's been having a, a struggling type season, but um, you can guarantee that he is a reliable target if they need him. So hopefully Josh Rosen can know that playing with a future Hall of, playing with the future Hall of Famer right now and one of the best to do it in the receiving game, um, I would look at him all the time if I was in his position. Um, well, and that's about it there. Um, uh, see the two bad teams here. So not much going on there. Um, Seahawks coming out on top. Uh, we'll take a look at the Saints Giants game. Very unfortunate as a Giants fan. It was tough to watch this game, but we'll take a look at the Saints, uh, offense here. They're just way too dominant to lose this game. So even though it was coming close, I kind of had a feeling right before, um, they kind of snuck away with the with a two possession um 
with a two possession uh, lead that um, it was it was going to end up that way somehow some way. And I'm going to get into this tri- intriguing offense. I definitely thought they had a good system going on, but they're kind of switching it up a bit. Um, you got Drew Brees, 18 completions, 32 attempts, 217 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. Um, we know how good Drew, Drew Brees is week in and week out, but um, if he's not even if he's not putting points up on the board. Um, like through the air or anything, he's still going to patrol that offense to win games, especially with the talent that they have in the backfield. And with Mark Ingram coming back week five, expect that uh, usage to kind of drop a little bit for Drew Brees. Uh, but he'll still be a monster like he is all the time. And then we'll take a look here. Taysom Hill. This dude does a little bit of everything. He does uh, blocking, uh, special teams, and now in the in the in the passing game or uh, when they have when their wildcat formation. I think they did it a couple times. I was surprised he was in there all the time. But uh, Taysom Hill. Um, he had that one completion for 10 yards. Um, I think that was to get them that one first down. Um, Alvin Kamara, 19 carries, 134 yards, three touchdowns. Th- this guy is insane. If he's not doing it through the air, like you'll have weeks where he has eight attempts for 11 yards, but he'll have three touchdowns through the air. Uh, th- and now this week, eight, 19 carries, 134 yards, three touchdowns. That goes to tell you something. So they'll probably switch up. His, his usage is going to be brought down a little bit, but this guy is way too talented to, to even be out of the question, even with Mark Ingram present. Um, you got Jason, uh, Taysom Hill again in the running game. Four, four carries, 28 yards. That dude is definitely a change-of-pace player. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be the guy that people are going to not take seriously on film, and he's just going to put them in scoring position to win the game. Uh, not much else going on in that rushing game there. Hopefully Mark Ingram kind of changed the pace a little bit. I know the Saints um, have been waiting for him to come back because last year they was the best running back duo in the league. Uh, you got Josh Hill, uh, three receptions, 63 yards. Alvin Kamara, five receptions, 50, 47 yards. Didn't find the end zone through the air. Um, but we have Michael Thomas, four receptions, 47 yards. Quiet nights in the receiving game. So what really stood out is Alvin Kamara for the most part this game. Cam Meredith, three receptions, 32 yards. Uh, ben Watson, one reception, 23 yards. Um, I don't think he's getting too involved in the offense that much. Uh, Ted Ginn, quiet night for him. Nothing going on. Uh, their defense definitely performed against uh, that Giants' weak offensive line. Um, I don't think they're going to improve anytime soon. And um, it was expected this game was going to be this way. But but coming off the win from the Giants, I was expecting that they would have uh, prepped for this game a little more. Their defense started off great, and they kind of dropped down a little bit. Uh, take a look at Eli Manning's stats, 31 carries, uh, 31 carries, 31 completions, 41 attempts, 255 yards, one touchdown. Um, I don't think he's had a three touchdown game in a while. Uh, but we'll take a look at Saquon Barkley's stats, 10 carries, 44 yards and a touchdown. That was the upside for them. He was, I, I, when you saw him jump over that whole defensive line into the end zone, you're kind of thankful that guy's on your team for sure, but at the same time, he was just like, he's like, I need to put this into the end zone right now. We're behind. We need to put some points on the board, um, and he did it. So he's a very talented guy. You drafted second in the draft, so I'd hope that you're going to give him the ball a lot more than just 10 carries. Um, I hope you get him involved through the air a lot more. Again, I, I said this once, and I think he fulfills that David Johnson role probably better than David Johnson so um, if you just kind of treat it like that, again, um, Cardinals have had their bad years. Cardinals have, have had their decent years um, where people expected that they would have made the Super Bowl. But um, even so, if Carson Palmer was there, he was giving it to uh, David Johnson a lot. And they still came out with some wins and had a decent season. So um, 
So hopefully Saquon Barkley can be uh, more involved into that offense. I know Pat Shermer said that he would like to um, put the ball in Saquon's hands if anything came down to the wire because um, you know he's going to make a big play, and he's absolutely right. So hopefully they correct that. Got Sterling Shepard having a pretty good game, 10 receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Odell Beckham not reaching the end zone for the fourth week in a row. Th- uh, seven receptions, 60 yards, and again, um, he is too talented not to be putting up more numbers. Um, they just paid him this offseason a lot of money, highest paid receiver in the game right now. And um, I believe um, out of the more prominent wide receivers, Julio and Odell have not reached the end zone. Uh, so they got to give it to him more. But, again, they're not, be- they're not being used in scoring position. And then you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield who will be able to put it in if you're on the five-yard line. So there's no really n- much need for Odell there. I don't know if many people have thought about that. Um they didn't have running game before, so that's why Odell would always put it back, put it in the end zone if needed. Uh, Saquon Barkley, six receptions, 56 yards. Um, again, uh, that's the way they should use him in the receiving game, but if but a running game is much, much needed. I know their offensive line is bad, uh, but this guy is talented enough to escape anything, and um, if they don't have confidence in him um, in that backfield, um, they better use him in close situations because they're going to need him. Uh, Rhett Ellison filling in for... Um, Evan Ingram, three receptions, 29 yards. Uh, Wayne Gallman getting involved a little bit, three receptions, 17 yards, and not much else going on. Um, again, like I said, uh, Giants just being a tease as usual. Um, it was a close game till the very end, and then you had Alvin Kamara just run for the fastest run of it the dude is just way too fast he's just so hard to stop so uh, we'll move on from that game now let's take a look at the jets and jaguars it was a blowout game jaguars taking the victory 31 to 12 um jets moving their record to one and three and jaguars moving up to three and one but we'll take a look at the jets um offensive stat lines here you got sam rattled 17 completions 34 attempts 167 yards and a touchdown not the greatest game by him but we'll take a look at their rushing game here which is very intriguing to me and hopefully this changes in the future and we got Bilal, Bilal Powell, uh, eight carries, 25, 26 yards, excuse me. And um, we got Isaiah Carell, four carries, no yards gained um, on all four of them. So let's break down this uh, backfield a little bit. So you got Bilal Powell, who's been with the team for a while, then Isaiah Carell coming in this year. And um, if you take a look at them, uh, Bilal Powell a couple years back um, definitely seemed like he was going to emerge as their number one. But that just goes to show you, signing Carell in the offseason definitely showed that, you know, maybe if we can get a guy – um, who can do a little bit more. Um, he'll help us out a lot more. And I feel like Isaiah Carell is the much better running back in this situation. If they're looking for a downhill type guy to complement their rookie quarterback, Isaiah Carell is going to be that guy. I feel like Bilal Powell, he, he'll he have some lucky games where he breaks out for long runs. I feel like that's been the story of his career so far, especially with New York. Um, so... Take it with a grain of salt, this backfield has somewhat talent, but it's very questionable. So when you look at them, you're kind of just like, I'm not too sure... Um, who will be emerges the number one guy to me as Eric Corral will be. I feel like he was a little locked down a little bit. Um, he with the Browns. Um, I feel like now if they just unleash him as much as possible, especially in closer situations like when they versed the Browns, this guy was I think he had two touchdowns on the day. And I feel like you know I know you're going against a tough 
tough front line um, against Jacksonville. But again, you just got to have faith in your running backs. And we'll take a look at their receiving game here. Quincy Inunua seeming to be the number one on the Jets. Four receptions, 66 yards. Um, but yeah, Bilal Powell taking part in the passing game a little bit. Four receptions, 26 yards. Um, so again, if you're going to if you're gonna u- utilize that running, running game a little differently, I feel like Bilal Powell will be a pretty good... Uh, receiver in the backfield and then if you have Isaiah Correll being used between the tens um, I feel like that'll be more essential for the Jets if they want to put points up on the board. Um, you got Jermaine Curse, two receptions, 23 yards. I thought he'd be used up a lot more, especially from last year when they acquired him from Seattle. But it looks to me that, again, if you have Quincy Inunua and you got Robbie Anderson, um, you know, it's going to go between those guys before getting to Jermaine Curse. But um, I'd keep an eye out on him. He'll definitely have a breakout game one of these days. I feel like that's been the story of his career also especially uh, with Seattle when Russell Wilson needed a target. Um, we got Robbie Anderson, two receptions, 18 yards. Again, he wasn't the number one wide receiver in this game, and he's not looking to be the wide receiver at all this year. Um, I know he's looking to have a bigger game, especially against Denver coming up next week. I feel like he'll be a little bit of a mismatch. If Quincy and was being held down and they realize he's the number one, Robbie Anderson is more than capable of taking on that number one role, which he was a little bit last year before Donald came in. Um, so hopefully they can use him a lot more. He's a skillful guy. You can look for him downfield. He'll make the catches. But Quincy Nuno coming back, um, I definitely knew that was going to be a change of pace in that receiving game because Quincy Nuno was pretty solid when he was uh, when he had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to him a couple years back, especially with the compliments of Eric Decker and Marshall and uh, Brandon Marshall, um, who were both wide receiver one potentials back then, especially on the Jets. Um, so here we go. We got uh, Terrell Pryor not getting even a reception, not even a yard. Um, they got definitely got to utilize utilize this guy more, especially in the end zone. If they if you have kind of like a mismatch going on, Terrell Pryor is going to be taller than that guy. He can go up and get it. So if they can use him in like the back quarter of the end zone, um, I feel like he can be used best there. Um, and so we'll take a look at the Jaguars offense here, which is a little questionable also, but just because uh, the Jaguars defense holds them up a lot. But again, if you can have a solid defense and an okay offense, you're going to have a record just like theirs, which is 3-1 or possibly 4-0. Um, so let's take a look at Blake Bortles here. 29 completions, 38 yards, 38, uh, no, 38 attempts, 388 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. I feel like this guy... He's going to have a hot day, but um, he's going to throw that one interception that just makes it look like that's Blake Bortles. Like, you know, that's what he does. Um, Let's take a look at their running game here, which is also intriguing. Two teams that are kind of not in shambles, I would say, but a little confused in their backfield. I wouldn't say Jacksonville's too confused. It's just that Leonard Fournette has been banged up, and he has been, especially since last year around midseason. Um, so you got TJ Yeldon, 18 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he had another touchdown, but we'll talk about that later. Um, we got Leonard Fournette, 11 carries, 30 yards. Um, again, this guy's banged up, so they're going to give it to that next guy, which is TJ Yeldon. I feel like um, the Jaguars underestimated him. I feel like last year Chris Ivory was going to be that backup guy, especially midseason when Leonard Fournette was officially out for that. I forgot what game it was, but he was out for that game, and they expected Chris Ivory to be that number one back they were going to use, and TJ Yeldon got just as much work as him, if not better work so tj yeldon he was that number one guy before leonard fournette came in um so i feel like now he's just using every opportunity he can get to show that i could still be out there i could help you guys whenever you need me and um and yeah so here we go we got uh, blake bortles using his legs a little bit three carries 28 yards i feel like every game he has he puts up somewhat of a stat like that on the ground um let's take a look at the receiving game here Didi westbrook uh, i wouldn't say emerging as the number one but definitely a number one wide receiver type game 
nine receptions, 130 yards. And uh, Dante Moncrief, five receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. I feel like Dante Moncrief has always found a way to make it to the end zone and have that big type game and then be off the next one or be banged up. That's just been the story of his career, especially in Indianapolis. Uh, you got D.D. Westbrook, again, um, having a big day. Um, I feel like they're just juggling around wide receivers over there. They got depth and targets, but there is no number one guy to throw to. Um, I guess that's kind of good for their offense in a sense because uh their defense is not going to have any film on them so they're not going to know who's it's going who's going to go to who to look out for who to double up um so that's good on them but i feel like the jaguars in the future definitely need a number one guy like julio jones antonio brown odell on that team if they're going to emerge as um a, te- a team that is a threat in the offensive game which they weren't last year especially when they lost to the patriots in the playoff game yeah, James O'Shaughnessy, uh, two receptions, 28 yards. Uh, Austin Safari Jenkins, two receptions, 24 yards. I feel like Austin Safari Jenkins has yet to be released. Not, not released, I mean unleashed um, in a sense that he's a talented tight end when he was in Tampa, especially on the Jets. Um, on the Jets, he had a productive year. It may not have looked like it on paper, but again, a lot of the games, his plays for touchdowns were called back on a, you know, like a, a miscommunication, I guess, with the referees. Um, so he's he's definitely a serviceable tight end. I mean, if you get it to him in short range, especially with uh, Blake Bortles, who likes to dump it off to their running backs, maybe a tight end will get him some more yards. You got Keelan Cole, who I thought was emerging as their number one, didn't do so well this game. Two receptions, 15 yards. Again, they're very on and off on this offense, so who knows who's going to have a game week in and week out. So, again, D.D. Westbrook, um, if it's not going to be Keelan Cole, it's probably going to be him, so I'd keep an eye out on him. Uh all right, so we'll finish off with that game. Uh, we'll take a look at the Lions and Cowboys. Close game here. You got Cowboys winning 26 to 24. Um, they're moving on to two and two, and the Lions moving on to one and three. Both teams have a lot of struggles, especially on offense. But we'll get into that in a second. We'll take a look at Matthew Stafford's stats here: 24 completions, 30 attempts, 307 yards, two touchdowns. Not a bad game by him. Again, with the money you're paying this guy, this guy's got to be on every single game. Um, they're definitely struggling, especially. Um, in the offensive running game, uh, but we'll talk about that right now. So you had Carrion Johnson, um, nine carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Not too bad of a game by him. I feel like they just need to have that one running back um, who can make it to like just almost about 100 yards a game, and I know that's impossible to ask every team to do, but the Lions have been that team that's needed it, and I believe Carrion Johnson has been their first, um, I don't think in this game, I think the week before, where he's the first running back to reach 100 yards in a couple of years, and that's crazy because um, there's a lot of – you have people like Jay Ajayi who was with the Dolphins who would rush 100 yards in two – rush 200 yards in two games. So I feel like as professional running backs, um, who are behind an offensive line that isn't too bad, they get banged up sometimes, they should be able to put up these numbers – um, but who knows? But we'll take a look here. You got Legarrette Legar- Blunt, seven carries, 12 yards. I feel like he's more of a game changer type guy, even though he was seen as the number one in Philadelphia, especially on the Patriots. He was definitely their number one guy. But, you know, two different offenses bringing him into Detroit. Um, everyone knew he wasn't going to be the best going into the season. They were just kind of going to use him probably between the tens. Um, can you can carry on Johnson? Doesn't look like he's going to be that guy in between the tens, even though he did get this touchdown. Um, but we'll move on. You got Theo Riddick getting involved in the passing game, not much in the running game, but we'll take a look at the receiving court here. You got Golden Tate having a Golden Tate insane 
game. Eight receptions, 102 yards, 132 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns. Um, that's just insane. I feel like that kind of solidifies to me that he's their number one. I know it's kind of been solidified for a while who's going to be the number one there, but you got guys like Kenny Galladay and you got guys, you got a guy like Marvin Jones. Um, I feel like Marvin Jones fits as a good number two guy. And I feel like Kenny Galladay is emerging as like the one, a one B. I know people like to talk about Marvin Jones, um, because he's actually, he was actually pretty solid last year, but I feel like his, um, He's regressing in usage. Um, but, again, we'll get back to Theo Riddick. Four receptions, 20 yards. Um, I feel like he's strictly the passing down back. Um, so that just goes to show all the defense when they wa- defenses when they watch film. If they got him in the game, uh, number 25, that he's going to be um, the guy that receives the ball out of the backfield behind the line of scrimmage. And so that's definitely predictable. So I could definitely see why their offense is a little – um, weird, especially in the backfield. I feel like once they solidify a running game, this team can make some noise. They got a definitely a more than serviceable quarterback. They got wide receivers. Um, they got a lot of depth there. Um, and the, those three guys that I mentioned before, the three wide receivers, they're extremely talented. So if they get that going, I think they'll be okay. Um, let's take a look there. Let's take a look at the uh, the Cowboys' offensive stat lines here. Uh, Dak Prescott has been struggling ever since game one. I feel like Jason Garrett is not using the most of him like they used him um, when he first came in after Tony Romo's departure. And I feel like that's because their offensive line was more put together around that time. So who knows if Dak Prescott um, is like extremely talented like he was when he came in. Um, I, I do believe he is. It's just that you need that offensive line support. And that makes the question if... You know, what if other teams had this kind of offensive line? What would it be like? We don't know. So let's take a look at his stats. 17 completions, 27 attempts, 255 yards, two touchdowns. Not bad at all. Um, but again, missing those 10 passes um, and only completing 17 is kind of iffy. But if you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, 25 carries, 152 yards on the ground is insane. I feel like he's just way too talented. He changes that offense in an extreme way. He makes a bad offense into a good one, um, especially on the Cowboys. If they can't get anything going in the passing game, which I don't like their receiving core at all, um, you turn to Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to put points up on the board, and ultimately, this victory, I think, is, is, is Ezekiel Elliott's doing. So um, we'll move on here to their receiving game. You got Zeke getting involved there, um, so you add on top of the 20, 125 yards on the ground with four receptions, 88 yards, and reaching the end zone. Um, just a fantasy monster. If he's not your like number four pick, number five pick, week in and week out, um, not week in and week out, I mean like yearly, especially when you're playing fantasy, if he lands on your lap, you got to take him because when you have a game like this, um, he's a fantasy winner. So you got Cole Beasley, four receptions, 53 yards. This is another offense where there really is no number one receiver, especially when the when Des Bryant left. Um, there really was, wasn't anyone that stepped up to show that, hey, I am that – number one guy or I could serve as a guy that could fill in and you know show that I could be a game changer it's not really the case here people thought Michael Gallup coming in after the draft was going to be that guy but he has hasn't done much throughout um, the past four weeks he got two receptions 45 yards not too bad but they could use him a lot more um, not too much targets throwing to, uh, going to him. You got Alan Hearns, who was brought in at to be that number one guy. If it wasn't going to be Michael Gallup, it was going to be him. And um, I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans were convinced um, he was going to fill in that Des Bryant role, which he has not. Three receptions, 30 yards, and uh, that's about it going on in their offense. So, again, this is the Zeke show uh, for sure. 
And um, that's all. That's all I'm going to say on that game. Uh, we'll move on to the Bucks and the Bears. This game was completely out of sorts, especially for the Bucks. We'll talk about this now. Um, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick starting again. Fitzmagic was going on um, the past uh, three weeks before this game, um, so they're coming into this game. We're going to use our best guy, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. I know we got Jameis back after his two-game suspension or three-game suspension. Not too sure, but he was back for this game. And um, he had uh, nine completions, 18, 18 attempts, 126 yards through the air, and an interception. And that interception um, definitely triggered their head coach to take him right out and go straight to Jameis and see if he's going to unleash after waiting a while, watching film, and not being not being able to be with your team. They would have hoped that going against this tough Bears defense that um, – that he was going to step up, but unfortunately, he had 16 completions, uh, 20 attempts, 145 yards to the air, one touchdown though. wasn't the most impressive touchdown, but that one that two, he had also had two interceptions. The one interception was immediately after he got into the game, so that just goes to show you why the score was what it was, which was 48 to 10. If I didn't mention that earlier. Um, you got the Bears winning that one, obviously. But we'll take a look at their running game here. Another questionable backfield. I feel like this year there's a lot of questionable backfields if they don't have that solidified guy. Like I said before, I just mentioned two other games where it's unsure. And, I mean, one other game where both backfields are pretty uncertain, which was the Jaguars and obviously me mentioning the Jets. And uh, so we'll take a look here. Uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, finally suiting up for a game, 10 carries, 29 yards, um, nothing much going on there. Payton Barber, 7 carries, 24 yards. If you have a guy like Ronald Jones coming back in after not even suiting up the first couple games, that just goes to show you that Payton Barber probably isn't, uh, their best guy to go with, and they're not even using Quiz Rogers anymore, who was rumored to be the number one guy, especially when he came in, he wasn't the worst running back, he would put up numbers. Oh, uh, you got Deshaun Jackson putting up Deshaun Jackson-type numbers. Only five receptions, but he put 112 yards through the air. I feel like, you know, he's starting to look like his old self again. I feel like, I don't know if it's because of the QB situation, because when Ryan, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick was in, he had that one game where he tossed it for 75 yards. So that definitely showed that that's the type of target Deshaun Watson is. So he kind of did the same thing here. Um, he used to have on and off games, but I feel like now if you kind of just stash him in as a flex on your fantasy lineup, I feel like you won't be disappointed, especially with the numbers that he puts up. And you got Mike Evans, who is that number one guy, only had six receptions, 59 yards. But again, with that QB situation, who knows? Mike Evans is one of the more talented wide receivers in the league right now. And um, if you're going to go to someone, you better go to him. So uh, Adam Humphreys, who's kind of the safe slot guy, six receptions, 36 yards. Um, I feel like when they need him, they'll use him. And you got Cameron Brait, three receptions, 29 yards. Jameis Winston loved Cameron Brait. Um, I feel like they definitely had a good connection, um, especially when he was in the game. I remember one year I kind of had him as my tight end when I was kind of iffy on that um, position, and he put up at least seven-plus points a week, and um, I was fine with that. So even after O.J. Howard was drafted, Cameron Brait still put up numbers. So um, hopefully with the return of Jameis Winston, he uses O.J. Howard a lot more. He's more talented. He's younger. Um, but um, Cameron Brait is kind of that safety blanket if they need him to. Chris Godwin, two receptions, 22 yards, finally coming down off that high first three games. Um, this guy um, is on and off. Um, he had that fumble against Pittsburgh, and then, you know, you look at this game, and, again, you're working with two quarterbacks that the quarterback situation has not even worked out properly. I guess once they work Jameis back into the lineup, maybe he'll get some more looks. But, again, we don't know just because um, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the targets much differently than Jam Jameis Winston would do. 
uh, OJ Howard not getting any anything going here. So that just goes to show you who knows if Cameron Braid's going to emerge as that number one tight end now that Jameis is back or not. But we'll move on to the Bears here. Completely insane game by Mitch Trubisky. Nin- he had 19 completions and six touchdowns. He had, I believe, five in the first half or four in the first half, something like that. And he didn't even throw more than 20 times. Um, so, yeah. That, I, I wouldn't say um, th- this is the emerging of Mitch Trubisky. I feel like he just had the, all the right opportun- opportunities in this game. Because previous, game bef- previous games before this, um, his, targets, his target share of his depth wide receivers weren't being used to full potential. Um, but you got to give credit where credit is due. He threw for 354 yards and, again, six touchdowns. So that's completely insane. So kudos to him on having a good game. I've kind of been waiting for him to have a nice game like this for a while. I remember when he debuted against Green Bay last year. I really wanted to see him go off again. He was the number two pick in his uh, respective draft. And um, he did well in college. He was kind of, you know, iffy coming in because he only played a handful of games. Um, But, you know, if he continues this type of play, I'm not saying he's going to put up six touchdowns each game. But if he could put up three, maybe one interception or none, um, this guy's a solidified quarterback, and hopefully they can work out their offense a little more, which is which they're kind of looking okay there, and Matt Nagy um, is kind of changing the pace of their game here. Again, they put up 48 points, so that's good on their part. They came in knowing what their weaknesses were, and they attacked on it. So let's take a look at their rushing game here. Uh, Tariq Cohen, 13 carries, 53 yards. Jordan Howard, 11 carries, 25 yards. I say this week in and week out. Please use Jordan Howard a lot more. This guy is a beast. You just haven't unleashed him yet. Give him those 20 carries. See what he could do with them. If he only puts up 40 yards, by all means, go to Tariq Owen. Um, as a guy who's a fantasy owner of him and who has a lot of faith in him, especially once he beat out um, Jeremy Lankford um, when he was supposedly the number one running back, um, I thought he was going to be the guy unanimously. But, again, they have a new coach, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, I feel like he says every week that they're going to use Jordan Howard a lot more, but they don't. I feel like Tariq Cohen is kind of that safety blanket right, uh, running back um, in that backfield. But, um, again, he had a pretty good game before this against the Cardinals. They have a bye week this week. Hopefully they could figure it out and um, use him a lot more. He's very talented. Don't put him to waste um, because he'll definitely help out other teams. Uh, I'm not sure what Jordan Howard feel about feels about the situation, especially with Tariq Cohen, but uh, who knows? Their backfield's a little iffy, but both running backs have the talent. Uh, but we'll take a look at the receiving game here. Tariq Cohen, um, again, this is where people start to question if Mr. Bisky had the game he was supposed to. Um, it was just because they had a versatile running back in Tariq Cohen. Four, uh, seven receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Then you got Taylor Gabriel kind of being that fast, small guy also. Seven receptions, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. If you had any of these guys in your lineup, if, if not both at the same time in fantasy, um, you won without even having to play the rest of your team, which is insane to think about. You got Trey Burton finally getting involved like he should be. Hopefully he gets more receptions with this type of yardage. But he had two receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, two receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Um, again, Allen Robinson's kind of being hinted as the number one guy. Um, but I feel to me, um, Tariq Cohen's going to be that guy week in and week out. And he's not even the wide receiver in that game. So that just goes to show you that. And their defense, as usual, uh, uh, you got Khalil Mack just putting on a show and showing the Raiders and I feel like I say this every week, showing the Raiders that his pass rush is a complete game changer. Maybe the Raiders could have more than one win on the board if they just kept Khalil Mack. But we'll move on from this game because it was a blowout. Um, I don't want to waste time on that. We got the Texans and the Colts. Um, I believe this game was won in overtime. 
um, from the Texans. Uh, the Texans finally get their first win on the board. They're one and three. And the score being 37-34, Texans taking the win. And then we got the Colts moving out to 1-3 and three, um, after that loss. So, we'll take a look at the Texans offense here. I feel like Deshaun Watson's finally gaining traction after coming back from that ACL injury, which was pretty bad for him, especially with the type of year he was having last year. Um, but they had him throw 42 times on tw- and had 29 completions, 375 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, he definitely likes to use his legs too. Six carries, 41 yards, and he reached the end zone. You got Lamar Miller, 14 carries, 49 yards, and then Alfred Blue, 13 carries, 31 yards. And I, w- I don't want to say this is a questionable running like running sit- running back situation because Lamar Miller has been solidified as their number one for a while. I feel like we can like yearly that he's going to be their number one guy. He's not going to put up the greatest numbers, possibly 80 yards and 50 yard games like this one. Um, but then you have Alfred Blue coming in and kind of having the same kind of work going on, um, which was not much expected. I feel like they would only like use him on two carries if he was tired, but. Um, that's a little strange, but look at, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's putting in work week in and week out also. And, uh, 10 receptions, 169 yards and a touchdown. And this is a strange one. I've never heard of him. Honestly, I didn't watch this game that well, so I couldn't really get a background on him. I've never really heard of him, but um, his name is Kiki Kuti, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, 11 receptions, 109 yards. Um, very strange. Um, but again, whoever Deshaun Watson's comfortable with, he's one of those quarterbacks like I talk about who likes to spread the ball out a lot. So seeing a guy like this emerge doesn't really surprise me. Um, but I expected Will Fuller to get in there a little more. But he did reach the end zone. Will Fuller, four receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown. And not much else going on in their receiving game. That's the story of their game. But we'll move on to the Colts here. Got Andrew Luck throwing 62 times. He had a pretty well. He had a pretty good game. Four and four touchdowns. Forty completions on those sixty-two attempts. Um, four hundred sixty-four yards through the air. Jordan Wilkins getting involved in the running game, but this game was pretty quiet for him. Uh, eight carries, sixteen yards, um, and Marlon Mack is still not back yet. Um, I'm not too sure. If, last year he showed some some promise in being the receiving back. So hopefully when he gets back, he could show um, what he can do on the ground also. You got T.Y. Hilton, four receptions, 115 yards. That's just showing you if um, Andrew Luck is in the lineup, T.Y. Hilton is going to progress there. You got Chester Rogers, eight receptions, 85 yards. Ryan Grant, five receptions, 64 yards. And you got Eric Ebron, five receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Um, we got Naheem Hines, two touchdowns, um, nine receptions, 63 attempts. Zach Pascal, six receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He spread the ball out out here, and you could see why. If he's throwing 62 times, he's going to have a lot of targets. But my key takeaway from this offense here is if Eric Ebron is this is the number one tight end when, uh, what's his name, Jack Doyle is not playing, He's going to reach the touchdown. He he has those red zone looks way too often. So if you're looking iffy, um, look look for him in your waiver wire. If he's not already stashed on someone's bench, I suggest you do that immediately. He's he's bound for a good game, especially next week when the Patriots go against um, the Colts, especially when um, especially going uh, going against the Patriots. Your tight end is probably your best weapon against them. So. That's about it for this game. I know they won an OT, and that's a little bit exciting. But um, it just goes to show you that 
these two teams have their struggles and just the prominent team came out. I feel like the, the Texans have a little bit better of a defense. Colts defense are kind of being improved as time passes by. Um, but I feel like, again, Texans were going to be that number one team to come out on top. But we'll move on from this game, and we'll move on to the Thursday night game. Um, I should have talked about this earlier, but I did not. We got the Vikings against the Rams on Thursday night football. Uh, you got the Rams taking the victory 38-31, to and I got to say, this has got to be the best primetime game that's going to be played this year. You got a defense that's in shambles over there in Minnesota. They're kind of get their kind of get got to get their crap together, I would say. And then you got the Rams who are just dominating and they have the most odds to win the Super Bowl this year. And so you got these guys going up against one another and last year both contenders to be in the Super Bowl. I was definitely excited to see this one. So we'll take a look at the Vikings here. You got Kirk Cousins, uh, who has been putting on a show for the Vikings. I feel like this is the quarterback they've been looking for, um, and this is the guy that they need to be throwing the ball to these type of targets that they have. But he had 36 completions, 50 attempts, 422 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, not a bad game by him. I feel like if they're going to lose these games, it's their defense that doesn't put them in the position to win. So definitely do not, do not blame Kirk Cousins for his losses. But we'll see here uh, in their running game. Um, they're kind of iffy here because I feel like Dalvin Cook's a little hurt. And when he was healthy, he did put on a show. But I feel like they're kind of just waiting for him to be 100% before um, they get going as much as they want. But he had 10 carries, 20 yards. And you got Latavius Murray only two carries with two yards. Um, so they wanted to use him a lot more there. But I guess he's just a little banged up. But not too worried because their receiving game is insane. You got Adam Thielen putting on a show, eight receptions. 135 yards and a touchdown and on top of that he's put up 100 at least 100 yards receiving each week up to this point and you got Stephon Diggs who is equally as good if not better because they paid him a lot in the offseason 11 receptions 123 yards did not reach the end zone unfortunately and you got Kyle Rudolph who is always going to get his fair share of usage he has five receptions 157 yards um, you got Laquan Treadwell four receptions 47 yards. Aldrick Robinson, who surprisingly was just signed that week, uh, got a lot of the work. I remember checking my fantasy um, updates, and it wasn't Kyle Rudolph who was making in the end zone. It was Aldrick Robinson. Uh, two receptions, 33 yards, two touchdowns. So both of his receptions got in the end zone. I feel like he was more open just because they signed him that week. Um, you know, the Rams were going to be pre prepared for that, and the Rams are definitely prepared for anything. They're the best team in the league right now. And um, that's about it going on in their offense. They're just dominant there, and they just can't put it together on defense. Hopefully, they will soon. Because last year, they were one of the, they were competing with the Jacksonville Jaguars as being the number one defense in the league, and also competing with the Rams, their opponents in this game. We'll take a look at the the um, the monster game that the that Jared Goff had um, with his Rams offense: twenty six completions, thirty three attempts, four hundred sixty five yards, and five touchdowns. And a little bit of a funny story, I had to drop Jared Goff so I wouldn't use the Minnesota Vikings defense in this game, who ended up getting negative nine points. But it kind of was a pain to deal with because it had Russell Wilson starting for me, and who knows when he was going to emerge um, and have one of those breakout games that he has that he takes on for the rest of the season. So I was in a little bit of a rough patch there on who to drop, who not to drop, and Jared Goff shouldn't have been that guy I dropped. Um, but, but luckily I did not have to have negative nine points to start my fantasy week. 
You got Todd Gurley putting up Todd Gurley numbers, 17 carries, 83 yards. He's definitely getting a lot more usage in the passing game, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 162 yards, two touchdowns. These are both offenses that... If you got three wide receivers, the one, two, and three, they're all going to put up some decent numbers. And Cooper Cup was that number number three guy coming in, emerging as you know the number one guy in this game. And Sean McVay had Cooper Cup lined up on a linebacker, so he's just an offensive guru. You're not going to know any other um, offensive coordinator, uh, well, former offensive coordinator, now head coach. Who's going to put him in that position? You got Brandon Cook, seven receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. That's the type of work I would hope he would get after being with the Patriots, coming just coming short of a Super Bowl, and also um, leaving New Orleans. So this guy's been around, but he's been with good teams and good quarterbacks. And uh, Jared Goff is going to emerge as a great quarterback because he's young. He's got a lot more time to go, and um, he's still on that rookie contract. So if they got to put more weapons um, in his favor, so that you know he does a lot better, then so be it. You got Robert Woods, five receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. So each of their one, two, and three guys all made the end zone. And of course, Todd Gurley has got to get some work in the passing game, also reaching the end zone with four receptions, 73 yards. And that's about it with this game. Um, again, Vikings, their story was if their defense um, was was put together, I feel like they could have snuck away with the victory, I would say. But if you have a game um, in... Jared Goff, who puts up five touchdowns, and you got their defense, um, who has a really, really solid defensive front in Adamican Sue. And um, you also have, of course, Aaron Donald, um, who had a fantastic game here, too. But we'll move on to the next game. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on the Packers and Bills. I'm actually, I don't think I'm even going to cover this game at all. It was a blowout 22 to 0. I guess Bills coming down from that high, beating um, the Vikings, who were. Um, who were projected to win by more than two touchdowns and ended up losing by two touchdowns. And I don't think that's ever happened before. And I won't spend too much time on the Patriots-Dolphins either. Um, it was just a complete um, dominant game by the Pats, showing that um, maybe we got our pieces together. Uh, they came out not looking too great. I think they were just one and two before this game. And then, uh, of course, Tom Brady putting up Tom Brady numbers. Um, we had those two interceptions, though, unfortunately. you got uh, So my takeaway, I'll cover the Patriots offense real fast. There's not much going on with Miami that I need to cover other than Devontae Parker is not looking like that wide receiver that they want to use. So they'll probably get rid of him soon. But anyway, you got Sony Michelle, 25 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to be their number one, especially while Rex Burkhead is out. They drafted him in the first round for a reason. So hopefully now they'll take him out of his shell and use him for what he should be used for. And a guy you need to look out for, which I feel like yearly, that um, he always puts up these types of numbers just because – He's just that weird change of pace running back who can put up points. He's been the trust. He's been a guy you could trust, especially Tom Brady, who's who's trusted in him for a couple of years now since he's been with the Patriots. Uh, James White, eight recept, eight carries, forty-four yards, making the end zone. So yeah, that just goes to show you that there. And you got uh, James White doing his thing in the receiving game. The PPR uh, master, eight receptions. 68 yards and a touchdown. You got Dorsett making the end zone with a touchdown. Cordell, Power, Cordell Patterson making it in the end zone. Again, this is just a defensive, uh, uh, I mean offensive uh, dominant game by the uh, P- 
Patriots. Let's take a look at this interesting game here. You got the Bengals um, and the Falcons. Uh, the Bengals moving to three and one after winning 37 to 36 against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, very close game, but again, it's a banged out Falcons defense. Um, so that just goes to show you that was their little advantage that they had in this game. Take a look at Andy Dalton's game. He's actually looking pretty good. I feel like their offensive coordinator is giving him the work that he should get. So he had 29 uh, completions, 41 attempts, 30, 337 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and that one throw was the game-winning throw at the end of the game, I believe, to A.J. Green. He got uh, Giovanni Bernard, 15 carries, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty good game by him. Um, and then you got, uh, what's his name, coming back next week. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's coming back next week, so he's going to put up a lot of work there also. So maybe it's just kind of a one-hit type thing for Giovanni Bernard. Um, and you could tell he's been waiting for that um, opportunity for a while. you got Tyler Boyd emerging, uh, 11 receptions, 100 yards. A.J. Green having an A.J. Green game, four receptions, 78 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good game by him. you got John Ross making the end zone too. Two receptions, 52 yards and a touchdown. they got Tyler Eifert, who is going to be out for the season. I believe after this game he got hurt. Um, I think he broke his ankle. Um, so hopefully he gets, you know, he's actually looked healthier than he's ever have in his career, especially this year. And unfortunately with the departure of him, um, you know, they're going to have Tyler Croft, but, uh, Tyler Eifert can show that he's a number one tight end. Um, a couple years back, he definitely was in that conversation, but look at the Falcons offense here. Again, their defense is in shambles, but we'll take a look at what they need to fix on offense. You got Matt Ryan, 29 completions, 39 attempts. Uh, 419 yards, three touchdowns. Pretty solid game by him. Um, you got Tevin Coleman with the absence of Devontae Freeman. 14 carries, 51 yards. And their receiving game here, you got Julio Jones having a pretty good game. But I'll get into what's going on with him in a second. He had nine receptions, 170, 173 yards, but not reaching the end zone. Uh, yeah, so you got a guy in Julio Jones who is bigger probably than your best guy. He's better than your best guy, probably faster than him, and they have not put it in the end zone with him yet. But we'll talk about someone else here, which is Calvin Ridley. Four receptions, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, really emerging as that number two, especially starting off with their first game um, of the season, going up against the Eagles. Um, he had no receptions for no yards. He was looking like that guy who wasn't going to emerge just yet, but it looks like it's kind of happening now. And then Mohamed Sanu, um, you can't forget about him. He was at number two last year, so he's, you know, he's trying to show everyone, hey, I'm also here. I'm here to put in some work. So six receptions, 111 yards, and uh, that's about it going on there. Again, uh, the Falcons' defense um, is kind of struggling a bit with all these injuries, unfortunately. But uh, we'll move on to another interesting game in the Eagles and the Titans. You got the Carson Wentz coming back, three, 33 completions, 50 attempts, 348 yards, and two touchdowns. You got J.H.I., 15 carries, 70 yards. Wendell Smallwood, 5 carries, 39 yards. Zach Ertz, 10 receptions, 112 yards. He's going to be um, um, a tight end that's going to be hard to deal with, especially with the return of Carson Wentz, who really showed last year that um, the connection between him and Ertz is pretty good. And then you got the return of Alshon Jeffrey not losing a step. Um, with that shoulder injury, uh, eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Jordan Matthews coming back, um, getting signed, I believe, that week. Had one reception, 56 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not too sure what his usage is going to be moving forward, but you have Nelson Aguilar, who's been there a while. So um, with, with a quarterback who's just as comfortable using Zach Ertz as he is Nelson Aguilar, um, he had five receptions and 22 yards. 
And uh, we'll move on to the uh, Titans uh, offense here. Again, this game was won in overtime um, due to the Titans putting it in Corey Davis's hands in the end zone. But we'll take a look at Marcus Mariota's stats here. 30 completions, 43 attempts, 344 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, hopefully he comes back looking as good as new. Um, he's kind of had a bumpy season to start, but hopefully he's back. This is definitely going to put him in the hot seat a little bit moving forward, especially in that division who's kind of um, iffy. And uh, Marcus Mariota is a good serviceable quarterback that they could use. He made it, He got it to the playoffs last year, let's not forget, and he put up some good numbers there too. You got uh, Derrick Henry, eight carries, 24 yards. He was going to emerge as the number one running back, but unfortunately he wasn't. Marcus Mariota carried the ball two more times than he did, 10 carries, 46 yards, and reaching the end zone. So they got some pretty good guys in that backfield, and they're not using him like they should. But we'll move on to the receiving game. Corey Davis winning the game for them. But before that, he had nine receptions, 161 yards. Uh, pretty good game. He's He has to emerge as that number one, being that number four guy in the draft, I believe. Um, and then we got um, Tajay Sharp, two receptions, uh, 27 yards. Uh, you got DJ Lewis. I don't know why they list him as that, but, um, you know, what are you going to do? Nine receptions, 66 yards, and that's about it for this game. This game was very tight going into overtime. And it kind of makes you question if Philadelphia's defense is not looking as great as they were last year. Um, who knows? But uh, we got two games after this. You got the Seahawks-Cardinals. Um, I'm not going to cover this game too much. You got the Seahawks winning 20-17 to um, on a game-winning field goal. You got the 49ers and the Chargers. Kind of a drama-type game, but again, the Chargers coming out on top, especially with the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm not going to get into this game too much. Chargers defense is a little iffy with the loss of, with you know, not having Joey Bussa out there. Hopefully they can get their talent back, as if they do, they're definitely a top 5-10 to 10 defense in this league. But the last game we'll cover is the Chiefs and the Broncos. I kind of want to just go over the Chiefs here, go, coming out 4-0 in this game. Uh, they won... 27 to 23 got Pat Mahomes 28 completions 45 yards 345 uh, attempts 304 yards through the air and a touchdown um, this guy is just completely insane I know he didn't have the best game like he had like six touchdowns um, week one and week, he had 10 touchdowns total week one and week two um, but again um, that's not gonna happen every single game but anyway this guy is a game changer um, I believe in this game he threw the ball one time um, he was escaping the pocket, and he had to switch hands so he can get the ball out. So this guy just goes to show you he's gonna get, he's gonna try to get those yards. Um, he's a young guy; he has nothing to lose. Um, and um, with a talented offense, he can get it to him. But you have Kareem Hunt, uh, 19 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty good game by him. You got Pat Mahomes making the end zone too. Three carries, seven yards, and a touchdown when they were in between the tens. You got Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 78 yards. And a touchdown. Um, so he hasn't lost a step either. I know he wasn't even going to lose a step. But again, we have a guy here in Pat Mahomes who spreads the ball out a lot. I'm going to read you all these receivers he was throwing to in a second. But you got Demetrius Harris, um, two receptions, 59 yards. To Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 54 yards. Kareem Hunt getting involved in the passing game, three receptions, 54 yards. To Marcus Robinson, two receptions, 31 yards. DeAnthony Thomas, one reception, 15 yards. Chris Conley, who's getting involved in this receiving game, four receptions, 13 yards. And Sammy Watkins being out this game. He could spread out the ball. I know you heard a couple names in there where you're like, who is who? 
And that's exactly what I was thinking. But, um, again, that's how they're able to win games, especially in tight ones like this. Again, 27-23. Uh, Pat Mahomes is going to get the ball to these guys. But we'll quickly cover the Broncos offense, who is struggling a little bit, especially in their quarterback uh, Case Keenum, who was expected to come in, especially off his fantastic year with Minnesota. I didn't think he was going to have a great year coming into Denver either, but he had 21 completions, 33 attempts, 245 yards, no touchdowns, but one interception um, to end that day. You got Phillip Lindsay. Um, pretty interesting running back uh, situation they have here. Um, it's not much of a confused one, but it's kind of like these two guys – can be used to their respective advantages. So you have Philip Lindsay, 12 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Then you got Royce Freeman, 8 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. So it makes you think that if they're not going to throw, these guys can probably put up some numbers on the board. We'll take a look at their receiving game. You have Jeff, Jeff Howerman. I don't know who that is, but he had four receptions, 57 yards. Cortland Sutton, who um, should be getting more work, but he isn't. But he had three receptions, 51 yards on a bad game. You got Emmanuel Sanders, who was emerging as the number one, especially the past couple weeks. He was looking as if Case Keenum had his number one, and that was going to be him. But he had five receptions, 45 yards. You got Demarius Thomas, four receptions, 24 yards. Um, so, again, the... The tale of this game is that the Broncos' defense definitely isn't as great as they used to be. I really haven't heard the name Bradley Chubb getting any sacks or um, important tackles throughout the season so far, especially with their strong defensive front, especially with Von Miller on the other side. I feel like he's putting up a you know a massive season like he does year in and year out. Um, but again, um, the, if Broncos can't get it done through the air, their backfield is okay. Like Their guys can get the job done, but it's not going to win them any games. And a high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense who are looking to be 5-0 and by next week, um, it's pretty tough. But that's all the games this week for week uh, four. I'll be back next week to cover week five and everything that goes on there. we got a lot of people coming back. Um, you got Robert Serbin coming back on the Colts. You got uh, Mark Ingram coming back on the Saints, which is the game that is going to happen on on a Monday. So hopefully he gets a lot of work involved on that offense. They definitely had a good, you know, running back scheme going last year. They were the best running back duo in the game in Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So who knows when he comes back what he's going to do. Um, Alvin Kamara was more than capable of carrying that offense on his own, but that'll be a topic for next week. All right, so I'll see you guys next week. And make sure to leave a review on iTunes. Um, check out that you can uh, listen to us on Spotify and iTunes, like I mentioned before. And we're also on Anchor. And you can find us on any podcast um, platform that you can think of. We'll be there. Um, so we'll see you guys next week to cover week five. All right. Everyone have a good one. Take care. Goodbye.